Welcome back to the Go Off Sis podcast, y'all. We hope you are enjoying your summer, whatever it looks like. We know there's so much going on day to day in our daily lives, and it's not easy to be well. I feel like with the pandemic, anytime someone says you don't feel well, it's a trigger. And I want to dig into that a little bit, that physical wellness, that mental wellness, what is healthy for us, what is balanced. I think being well can also be very confusing for us as Black people who, to be honest, invented wellness along with everything else. Shout out to the Egyptians and everyone who came before who had the recipe. All right. So on this episode, we're going to reclaim that wellness recipe. We're going to explore the concept of wellness. We're going to talk about the wellness industry and our personal relationships with it. All right. We're going to dive into the tensions between the two sides of it. Green juice detox meditation life or do whatever you want. Are we picking one? Neither? Both? Let's talk about it. We're going to explore the ways and things that make us well, what doesn't, and what we want and need to be well as Black women. And because we got a lot to figure out, this will be a big-ass two-parter. All right, so get ready. Today, we're going to go from the inside out and talk about our internal and external work, our physical and mental wellness And you're going to want to listen to the end because we have a special guest, Queen Afua, who's going to give us all of the good energy, zen, healthful wellness tips, and that sage advice that we all need right now. Okay, so let's take a ride together. Obviously, I will be in the driver's seat, Chelsea Sanders, your VP of Unbothered, and I got my whole crew in the car with me. Kathleen, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing better after that intro, Chels. That was really soothing and beautiful. So I'm Kathleen, Deputy Director Global here at Unbothered, coming at you from the six as I do. And yeah, you know, my my wellness journey is chaotic as I am. And so I'm just excited to delve into it, talk about my cathartic cries (laughs) as I do. Yeah, I'm doing good. Okay. We're going to dig into that good, okay? Anae, our Houston hottie, how you feeling? Hey, y'all. It's the doll, Anae Komunibo, unbothered culture critic. I just want to say I love that everyone is talking so softly for wellness. Mm. I almost wanted to shout and disrupt the energy here, but I'm not going to do, do that. Do it. Because I'm vibrating at a higher level right now. So <laughs> I'm going to, I too, am going to whisper. But I'm well, good. I'm good. I'm doing great. Yeah. I think like we're going to get into it, but your well may look different than my well, you know, so it's about shouting. Do it. Yeah. I'll let out a a guttural scream in 10 seconds and everyone will be (laughs) just a warning, guys. 10 seconds. Perfect. (laughs) All right. So, Steph, you better get your notes in before that scream lets out. (laughs) Our resident vibe queen. How you feeling? Yeah, I'm kind of concerned for an AA, but (laughs) (laughs) hi, guys. Um, I'm Stephanie. I'm the Deputy Director of Enterprise for Unbothered. And I just want to quickly name the very specific crossover moment we just had with Charles. It was like very guided meditation, but also Mm. like unbothered quiet storm. And it was just like (laughs) the mashup I didn't know I needed on this fine Thursday as we're recording. So thank you for that. But I'm doing well. Just taking things day by day, as we all are. Yeah, that's all we can do. I don't have tea today. I have water, but staying hydrated. So, 
Yeah. Nice. Okay. I will I will take all that energy. Y'all know I am like hyperactive to a insane degree. But I'm just trying to, you know, we're matching energies. We're just trying to meet people where they are. And wherever you are today, that's cool. We got you. We'll see you there. So as we do though, we're gonna start off with some unpopular opinions about wellness because as I said, there's a lot to unpack. So wellness, wellness industry. Well, not well. What what are we thinking? How do, how do we feel about it? Kathleen, give me some unpopular opinions from Canadian nice energy. You keep it nice up there. So you, you guys are well. <laughs> do we? Because I don't know if this is real nice. But my first oh. unpopular opinion is that the gym is not your runway. Mm. It is not a fashion show. And so I don't like working out in front of people. At all. I do not like going into a public space to work out because I feel like the girls are just trying to show out. It's all a very like skinny one type of person at specific gyms, the ones where you go to be seen. And it just makes me feel bad about my body. It makes me feel bad about the level that I'm at, the athletic level that I'm at, which is like minus 55 right now. So I like that. I just feel like it's not a fashion show. You were here. If we're here to be well, that's an individual journey. It's not about you showing out for other people. That might be an unpopular opinion. But I so that's why I personally love my Peloton. I bought one secondhand from a friend in the pandemic. And so I like working out at home instead of in public. And I think it's because I I used to be an athlete back in high school. And I talk about this a lot because those were my athletic glory days. So I can like, my form's all right. My endurance level though is terrible because I do not work out as regularly as I should. And that's frustrating to me. And I don't wanna be at the gym on a treadmill besides someone else who's showing off and can do things better than I can. <laughs> okay, the TikTok girl is gonna be mad at you. Right, but I, this, uh, you know, I hear you in that. Like, I don't need someone on the treadmill next to me, like going Terminator to start like, choo, 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 choo. like I, it's never that serious. Like, calm down. Yeah. So, in the quietude of your own home, you feel like you can get that wellness, that fitness in. That's great. I think Miley note is like, do you ever feel like you have, you use that like competitiveness to go farther that you don't have when you're alone? Yes. And the person I compete with the most is myself. So Fair. I actually push myself more when I'm at home trying to hit like a personal goal than if I'm like out in public feeling bad about myself. Steph, hit us with your unpopular opinion, if that's interesting to you. Yeah, I kind of pivoting here and I don't know how unpopular this is because I feel like if you're in the space you know but I think that the wellness industry still has a diversity problem and I've been thinking about this a lot especially because I've been taking these wellness certification courses right and we do see certain like safe spaces popping up. We've got like therapy for black girls. We've got black girl in Ohm. If you look in Brooklyn, we have black run yoga spaces and wellness spaces and wellness spaces for queer folks. So that's all great, but that's also very localized examples, right? If you look at it in at, like the bigger picture, it wasn't until recently that you would see like a, a black person in a far reaching wellness advertisement. And I can think of an example from a few years ago, I'm not gonna name any names, but there was a yoga publication 
that tapped a Black wellness entrepreneur to be on one of their covers. But then, like, after they did the photo shoot, they questioned whether or not her image would sell. And so they did this really weird thing where, in search for data, they gave their audience a survey and basically was like, do you prefer this image or this image? And so it was this Black woman's image and then this other image of this blonde white woman, right? And so it perpetuates the wellness industry's preference for, you know, the skinny, blonde, white, Lululemon type. And things just feel very exclusionary. And it's sad because Black and brown communities need access to these resources the most. Like as Black women, we're expected to be caretakers and and to be strong and like all this in addition to navigating the trauma that we navigate every day from racism and classism and sexism and anti-trans violence and everything else that we deal with. And then queer folks and the particular needs of the LGBTQ community are also excluded from these conversations about wellness. Then you think about the intersection of that, like being Black and queer, and there's like a whole new like compounded set of challenges. And so it really just leaves me asking like, And it's a rhetorical question, right? Why isn't the wellness industry better equipped to serve our communities? And so to me, it almost feels like if we want to see ourselves represented more, we're going to have to make these spaces ourselves, as we have Mm. been doing. And we need more of them. I mean, a word, a word (laughs) from our literal vibe queen. Like, end of episode. <laughs> that's it. Like, that's all. Okay, bye. <laughs> Everyone go home. <laughs> like, no, but I, I seriously, I feel like this is at the crux of so much of what we're talking about. Like, we're not going to learn wellness or let's say relearn wellness from someone who doesn't speak from our perspective, who doesn't look like us, who doesn't connect to our specific issues, problems, concerns. And I think a lot of times, Black women and people of color overall have issues with wellness because it doesn't feel like it's made for them. It feels like it's made for someone else. And like even, you know, Kathleen, you said like, okay, this is a little bit different. Steph, you said this is a bit of a pivot from what Kathleen said, but I actually think they they do intersect because mm-hmm. my sister-in-law has a Peloton bike and I was like, isn't that for white people? Like two years ago, <laughs> li- literally. And she was like, no, there's like a black mom Peloton group that I'm like mm-hmm. so involved in. There's hundreds and thousands of people in this group. They give me advice. They give me motivation. Like, and that was my entry point into being obsessed with Peloton. And that is because she saw herself in this space. And so I think there's actually like a lot of intersection between what you both are saying here is that like, mm. we can't be well if we don't see our people being well too. Yeah, yeah that uh-huh. seeing ourselves part is so important. And I think that was a really huge driver in me being like, you know what? I want to get these certifications and become a coach because I know that my therapy journey started because I was able to find a queer Black woman of color to be my therapist. And she was able to create a very specific safe space for me. And, you know, when we don't see a lot of ourselves as therapists, when we don't see a lot of ourselves as health instructors or meditation teachers or yoga teachers, sometimes it's really hard to make that decision to invest in these spaces because there aren't people who look like us. And so it becomes a question of, well, when I enter these spaces, are they really going to be able to cater to my needs? Are they really going to understand what I need? So, yeah, I I really feel like I'm supposed to be part of this change here and and making it a point to become like one of those spaces that makes this space feel safer and more accessible so that if someone were to reach out and want to spend money on being well and wellness services, that they they have a place to go to. I know. That's right, Steph. I told you, you're my life coach (laughs) in another life. So just get ready for that call. Okay, Anae, how about you? 
I think, I mean, it's great. I, I feel like Kathleen's on the Peloton, Steph's doing the wellness stuff, the certificates. For me, my take, I don't know if it's that unpopular. I feel like everyone feels this way, but it's like really hard to try to be a more balanced, more well-rounded person and take your wellness journey seriously. I think because we're conditioned as people to grind and to hustle when we want to pivot and try to practice wellness, even in small ways, like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep at a decent time. I'm going to eat three square meals a day. I'm going to drink more water. All of that small stuff ranging to the even bigger things. They're so difficult. Like when you really take the time to say, okay, I'm going to listen to my body and be nice to it. And I'm going to really respect my mind and the limits that my mind might have in this situation. We're essentially reworking and rewriting who we are or who we force ourselves to be all this time. And so it's Mm. actually a lot harder than the normal toxic nonsense that we've been doing all this time, like grinding and hustling, sleeping. You know, it's really easy to go to sleep for three hours. Because you're like, I got to get my stuff done. I got to do whatever. Actually being like, you know what? I have a bedtime. It's really hard. It's really hard to go to sleep at 10 p.m. every single night because all of a sudden you're like, man, I should watch TV. Man, I should check my email in the dead of the night. Man, I should do this and this and that. So it's actually like really hard. And I know the wellness people are like, you know, it's so, you got to tap in. And so I want to have Steph's Zen energy, baby. I'm chaotic. And I feel like that's what I've been and that's who I've become. And that's great. Thinking about like the peaceful in a like, girl, that's a lot of work that I would have to do. And it's hard. And honestly, it's not fun to try to be on that wellness journey. Like being well-rounded is not fun. Let me just say that, like, it's a lot more fun to be chaos and toxicity and recklessness or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't feel great. Right. But at the same time, it's like, I don't really have to be disciplined at all. But wellness takes discipline and determination. That is a total pivot and opposite of what we've been doing for all this time. Mm. So, yeah, that's the take. It ain't fun over here. No, no, but it's real. It's real because as y'all were talking about your opinions, I was just like absorbing them and thinking about really, Anae, what you sort of hit on is that like, hmm, my unpopular opinion is, do I want to be well? Yeah. (laughs) Because I don't know if I'm putting in that work towards achieving that wellness. So I can say I want to be well, but am I putting in that work? Mm. And what am I doing this for? Again, not to get all Earth final season on y'all, but like half of the folks are saying, again, drink that green juice, detox, meditate, sweat lodge. Cute, cute. The other half are like, it's over. It's over. So do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Drink that fifth of tequila, <laughs> smoke that cigarette and go. Like <laughs> literally. <laughs> and I I am confused. I am really confused because I understand both camps, right? And when it comes down to it, I'm like, do I actually want to be well? And is it worth it? Like really? Really mm-hmm. and truly. And this is a hard question to even tackle myself because I'm like, hmm, there's some other things going on here, clearly. But as we're dealing with so much going on, it can be really hard to find the reasoning and find the motivation to be personally well. Yeah. And so that's a question I want to throw back to y'all. Of Do we want to be well? And like, what does that even look like if we're not even putting in that work? <sighs> Okay. I mean, here's the thing. I think I really want to be well. 
I want to be in amazing shape. The me inside my head is somebody who is in incredible shape, who is so well, who is drinking her green juice in the morning, who wakes up at 5 a.m., who does yoga, who does her Peloton every day. Like, I want to be well. But I think there are these conflicting conversations, as you're talking about, Chelsea, of what does that look like and what does it take? And I do think that it is hard, but I think we are fed an image that it is easy. And I think we're also right now in this season of Black women talking about how much we want to rest and we want to be soft and we want to take a step back from the hustle, which I have been preaching. Like, I am that person who wants that. but. When work has not allowed me to rest during like nine to five, I take that energy and I move it into my spare time. But my rest, quote unquote, looks very unhealthy. It's me Mm. like being comatose on my couch, eating the worst food possible, Mm. binging television into my eyeballs for nine hours Mm -hmm. straight. It's just, that's not wellness. That's not like, I know when I'm moving my body, I, my body feels the best. And when I'm getting my 10,000 steps in and when I'm on my bike, that's when I feel the best. But that doesn't feel like rest to me. Mm. And wellness being like easy and restful is not my experience. That's disconnected for me. And I think that's confusing because I don't want to work when I shut my laptop. But sometimes that's what wellness feels like. Mm. That's a word. I feel like wellness can feel like work A, especially when you work in an industry like the one that we work in that doesn't really allow for rest because you're always plugged in. But B, it can also feel like work if you've never given yourself permission to slow down and figure out what wellness even looks like for you. Because to Anae's earlier point about wellness being hard work, practicing wellness while Black means we're also unpacking trauma while simultaneously like on learning this harmful idea that like we need to be superhuman and and we're also like relearning what it means to take care of ourselves and and learning how to be soft and it can be it can feel really foreign and it can feel like a really steep learning curve you want to be well but then you ask yourself like what does that even look like for me um, and I think it's especially tough when you have so many people on social media telling you what wellness looks like from their perspective there's so many different ways to do wellness right yeah yeah mm-hmm. they do I think Gen Z is like figuring it out in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. And millennials are in a a different life stage, many of them, not all. And so I think the priorities are probably different. I also think young people are really, really just like not accepting anything that they've been told. It doesn't work. We've seen the material. We've seen our parents, our grandparents, our aunts and uncles like— perish at the altar of quote-unquote wellness. Like, it doesn't work if they even get the chance to rest and be well. So I think for them, it's very much determining that wellness is a priority above all, which is amazing. (laughs) But I do think wellness does and needs to look different for every person. And I think, Kathleen, when you say rest for me is just like a bare-bones tired. I just like collapse sort of thing. Like I hear that because I think I also have that same issue and I'm also extremely chaotic like you and a. So 
when I do feel like I have a chance to sit down or rest, quote unquote, or dedicate myself to wellness, I feel like I'm doing it wrong. I feel like I don't really identify with the way I'm seeing wellness worked out by people. And again, obviously, these are social media feeds and they're giving us a highlight reel or the low light, right? But even when we talk about like having a soft girl summer, I I don't even know what that means. Like I'm really, really serious. I don't even know what that would even mean for me, right? And I think softness may look different for me than it does for everyone here, than it does for anyone else listening, right? And if you're not on that same agenda, it can feel very isolating. And I think I'm very cognizant of the fact that like, being soft for me, like, has come with some other consequences. So there's some mm. baggage with that, right? That I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I'm if I'm okay leaning into that, right? To mm. be vulnerable enough to be soft or even if that's my goal. And that's that's just where I am. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it feels like I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> I mean, mm. but that's the, the key, right? That's the key point is that, We have to know what wellness looks for us and be okay with the fact that it's not going to look like everyone else's version of it. I think you mentioned the concept of soft life. There are so many iterations of it that are completely different from the original definition that stemmed from like Nigerian internet culture. And so the original definition, which is kind of what I subscribe to, is like softness and wellness being tied together and being about being able to choose to take the easy route if you want to. I don't want to be doing a lot of difficult things. I don't want to be stressful. Like there's a way that people say in like West African culture, you can't stress me, you can't kill me. Like I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to suffer because of whatever. And so we're rejecting things that are too taxing or too stressful in favor of just being. And that's something that in Nigerian culture is not really normal. And that's why we have to say it is because, you know, we, I think all immigrant people, all non-American people, let's just keep it real. And Black people in America, eh, to be honest, anybody who's not white, let's just keep it a book. Um, <laughs> all non-white people have been raised to be, you know what, pull up, pull yourselves up by the bootstraps and do what you got to do to make it happen. And so when you think about soft life, it's about, I'm not going to do, if I don't want to do it, it's not going to happen. And then you think about other people who are talking about soft life and it being inherently tied to consumption and to capitalism. So taking luxury trips, going shopping at luxury places, just really looking and living expensively as a means of feeling better, which I think does make it a wellness practice in some sense. It's not really one that I ascribe to because money is fake and money is evil, even though we want to have more of it. And the the like chase of it is what has us drained and suffering all the time. But I do think that soft life in that sense being tied to capitalism is a wellness practice because it's like, if I have more things to make me happy, am I partaking in wellness? So yeah. And I also think it's just like, it depends culturally too. Like the idea of when I think about growing up in my Nigerian house on Saturdays, we were not laying down. Wellness was having your house clean. Go and clean your mm. house. Like that's part of it. Having a clean space. When I'm like, bro, summer at school, my mom, I, why am I in summer school? I have straight A's. Well, we need to be reading a book. We need to be doing something. Mm. But wellness for other people was I'm going to summer camp. I'm going to not do anything all summer. So it's just, there's so many different versions culturally, depending on your race, depending on your like ethnic background, depending on your age, generally, rationally. There's so many millennials who are like, you know what? I'm going to sleep all day and that's whatever. And then the new generation is like, I can't wait to go to bottomless brunch because I have energy. 
you know, once you had too many mimosas, baby, it's not restful no more. It's not wellness. Like I need to be drinking water. But the people who just turned 21, that is wellness. Getting drunk and having a having a time, baby. So I think it just depends on where you're at in life. And you have to be OK with that. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but I think, and hey, that's a, a great point, because I feel like, again, when you talk about sort of like different cultural traditions and the things that you grew up in your household with, the values of what wellness were, like, that is what I think we need to be talking about more, because the version of wellness that we see is in a lot of ways warped by yeah. Money, like you said, which is fake by capitalism, right? So now it's capital, like W wellness, right? And there's so much that comes with that, that I think it becomes like, we just aren't necessarily seeing what works for us because we're trying to prescribe to a certain type of notion that has been fed to us by people who just want our money yeah. also. <laughs> and so- I think those are those are things that I'm thinking about as well. But I also think, to be honest, the way that my family grew up, we, you know, my dad has been doing yoga for 40 years, hot yoga, and my entire family does it. And I hate it. <laughs> so even the things that I grew up around and I, I've done it like more times than I can count, it's just not pour moi, okay? Like I really enjoy running. That's how I like get rid of some of my excess energy. That's how I work things out. I have conversations with myself in my head. I practice things. That's how I have learned to really channel some of my energy and feel well when I go for an hour long run. And that is different than the way my family did it, right? And the way that maybe other people do it. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the ways that we do feel well and what that routine is like for each of us. Yeah, I think we're in a time where it's really easy to feel like you can't build a wellness routine the right way if you don't own certain things, right? So if you don't have the Peloton, if you don't have this mm -hmm. new blender, if you don't take these new yoga, whatever the trend is, and that's where capitalism comes into play, right? Along with our own self-limiting beliefs. And then I think it becomes a conversation around like, how do we redefine wellness for ourselves? But more specifically for Black and brown people, how do we reclaim wellness for ourselves? Because when you think about a lot of like these holistic wellness fads and herbs and tonics and juices and like all the stuff on the market right now, a lot of that came from our ancestors. Like when we think of alternative medicines, we think of places like China and India, but many alternative medicines also have roots in Africa. And then of course, as the story goes, white folks came in and commodified everything. And I think in doing that, they also pulled us away from like our own innate power and knowledge to feed us this idea that the answer to our healing lies within what they can sell to us. But we know that's a lie because the answers that we're looking for already exist in us. Like it's literally in our DNA. Come literally. on. Come on. Mm -hmm. Okay, Steph. <laughs> a word. Mm. Yeah. And this this idea that you have everything you need, I think there's so much of wellness is tied up in like you will be well when, mm. right? Like you will be well after you either own something, as Steph said, or this happens. And for me, what I was thinking of when you were talking, Chelsea, was I went to wait 
and I'm coming from a privileged position talking about weight, but I have gained weight in the past few years. And I always think that I will be happier when my weight is blank or I will be a better person. I will be more confident. All this stuff tied up in attaining a certain weight goal. And that is so unhealthy. And we know that like this is part of the body, quote unquote, positivity movement is being like, stop being wrapped up in a number or your weight or whatever. But so much of the wellness industry is still that is still physical. And there's still so much of that language put into how you show up in your body and that your body is not okay as it is. And that you have to do something else in order for it to be okay. Whether that is put you know, get this product, put this thing in your body or become this weight. And I kind of want us to be able to get to a point where we just say, I am already okay. Mm. And it's okay to just be in the body that you're in instead of trying to change it in order to become happy or better. And yeah, and that like moving or doing all these things is more of a, a thing you do for yourself to make you feel good as opposed to trying to better yourself or look better. I mean, that's such a nice idea, but then it makes like the whole product part of the wellness industry null and void, right? If exactly. You can, if you can wake up mm-hmm. and be happy with yourself, you don't need to buy anybody's pills. You don't need to buy mm-hmm. anyone's like Instagram workout or whatever. You can just wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and say like, okay, I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? And you establish your own thing. And so it's it sucks because even on that journey to like, being okay with your body and then one day something just triggers you and you're like I could be skinnier than this though I could be more toned than this though I can do mm-hmm. whatever and rarely are those methods of achieving that ideal body and that ideal aesthetic rarely are they healthy or aligned with wellness yep. it's not a, ever about for at least for me it's never like living clean or eating clean and being healthy and going to the gym I'm always thinking what's the quickest way for me to look like I had a BBL without getting a BBL How can I get the waist to be invisible without going to the gym or changing the way that I eat? It's literally never, you know, people be like, you can get, you can get this by going to the gym. I'm not stepping foot there. Okay. I don't want to start eating vegetables every single day. I'm not giving up meat. I'm not giving up sugar. What's the quick fix? And I feel like the industry right now is all about quick fixes. And a lot of it is targeted towards black women. And when I think about like, you know, we've talked about BBL culture and, you know, diet culture, and all of this stuff, but the wellness aspect of it is missing, which is like a self-esteem thing, a self-love thing, mm-hmm. or just being like, girl, are you okay? Kind of thing. It's like more so like, okay, you're unhappy with yourself. We have the quick fix method or whatever. And so if we were to really start saying like preaching body neutrality really as a means of wellness, yep. the industry falls in on itself because there's no need for anyone to tell you what to do other than you like prescribing that for yourself. Yeah, burn it all down. Yep. (laughs) I mean, that's the answer. But I think in the meantime, if we don't solve it on this podcast, which we might, honestly, (laughs) Black women, we could do it. (laughs) Nothing is impossible. Impossible is nothing. Listen, it's nothing. (laughs) We could solve wellness culture right now. No, but if, if we can't, that's okay. We're giving ourselves grace. But I think And A, you're so right in that a lot of wellness culture and targeted conversation around this is towards Black women right now. And as if we don't have enough to deal with, Mm. it's like, oh my goodness, I can't even be well as a Black woman right now, right? I can't even do that right. And I think that 
gets us in our own heads too, right? Because it's if only then, then that, right? We got to look a certain way, feel a certain way, project a certain way, all of those things. And if you're not, you're failing your ancestors, Mm. right? I have family who loves me. I'm well, right? So what right do I have to raise my hand and say I'm not? I know that it's not the case, but I'm just saying sometimes that is the rhetoric that runs through my mind when I'm thinking about how to be well. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is all tied back to the strong black woman trope, right? Like something I had to learn along my own journey as a recovering overdoer, recovering overachiever, is that I am allowed to be honest with myself and say, I'm not doing well today. That's it. That's a tweet. Like, that's okay. And I think I might have been a Neye earlier today who said, the body is not a machine. The body literally is not a machine. Like, the mind needs rest. And it is unrealistic for us to feel well all the time. If you're telling me you feel well all the time, I'm pretty sure you're a robot. Because, like, what? (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. Can't compute. I think being able to name that you're not doing well And allowing yourself to slow down and be present when you're not doing well is really important in just the undoing of the harm that we do to ourselves, just trying to be strong all the time and trying to hold everything all the time, just trying to, like, push through everything all the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's something in that that I think is, is really important to pull out here is that you're saying, Steph, Even on the days you feel and state and just live in being unwell, that does not mean you aren't actively working towards being well, right? Even on those days you don't feel well, those still count towards your overall wellness. Those are a part of your overall wellness. Being well is not a goal, right? Being well is not the destination. It is a full mindset. And I think that's where a lot of us get caught up. Because we think wellness is the goal and that's it. And once I'm well, that's the end of the sentence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ultimately, like we have to stop giving a damn about like what other people are doing. And you have to like be selfish about your wellness. And part of the practice, and I'm saying this, like I too am a certified, well, no, I'm not. I'm just talking (laughs) whatever. But I think the practice has to be in that detachment and the unlearning of what it should look like, because that should And that's supposed to is what got us here in the first place. Like we are all so stressed and anxious and so like chaotic because that's what we thought we were supposed to do. If if I am being productive, I am always moving. I'm always doing whatever. And it broke us. And so now we're trying to pick up the pieces. And so, you know, all of our lives are constructed by rules and norms about how adults are supposed to look and live, how women are supposed to look and live, how black people are supposed to live, how professionals are supposed to live. And we're all of those things. So this is the intersection of so many different kinds of um, like identities and roles and routines. But for us, I think it's really important to tap out of that idea of what should be and how it's supposed to be and start looking inward so that we can mend ourselves mentally. I don't know, it's a read to me because I'm saying all of this, but really I am in a state of chaos all the time and I've just come to accept that. But it gets worse when I'm on Instagram. It gets worse when I'm like looking at other people's business and being like, oh my gosh, they look so happy. Why am I not that happy? You know what I mean? Like I was looking at someone's Instagram she had been working out and she was so happy. And I was like, is working out fun? Am I the only one who hates it? <laughs> right. Or people being like, oh my gosh, I just gave up sugar and this is how I feel. And I'm like, 
is it is sugar nasty does everyone hate it for you know what I mean like certain stuff and it's so hard because I'm comparing it and I was like maybe I'm tripping maybe the gym is actually fun maybe yoga is fun maybe I should sleep for 20 hours you know what I'm saying um, and 20 hours at least well listen child I'm a I'm worried <laughs> But what I need to be doing is actually focusing on how I can achieve what's most balanced and most joyous for me personally. And it's like everything in life, especially when it comes to our mental health and our wellness, like Chelsea said, it's not a goal. It's a daily process. It's a daily kind of like commitment that you make to yourself to be more inward. Wellness looks like for me eating at least two meals a day. It looks like drinking a lot of water. It looks like going to sleep at a decent time and waking up at a decent time. It does not include running for an hour. When Chelsea said that earlier, I said, what? (laughs) Oh no, baby, that's torture to me. But that's Chelsea's wellness journey, right? It's like the Peloton, it's none of my business. But I do like, I do need to sleep. I do need to do my skincare. I do need to drink water. So even on this podcast, everyone's definition is different. And I can't compare myself to Chelsea or to Kathleen or to Stephanie because my business and my ministry is drinking some water and making sure my skin looks good. I kind of want to switch it up and just ask y'all, are there, again, one or two things that make you feel well in a moment, even if just for an hour? I know for me, I, and this, this can go the other way, but I feel well when others around me are well. Mm, That's nice. I love seeing people smile. That makes me so happy. I feel like my most and best self when people are smiling around me and feel comfortable around me and feel safe around me. That makes me feel so well. Like That's so cute. I, <laughs> no, no, sorry. I'm serious, though. No, it's cute. No, I, I'm serious, though. Like that, and again, there's probably a lot to unpack there, but like that is when I feel the most like loved and well and right. And like I am like in my purpose and in my path and exactly where I should be. So that's what makes me feel well. Small thing, but yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm so warm and fuzzy. Okay, a couple things that have brought some joy to my life lately sunshine. I highly recommend Mm. taking even just like 20 minutes to walk outside at some point during the workday. I like took a walk and got some juice the other day. And I'm like, wow, this is what being human feels like. I don't know. I just like totally Mm. did like so many things for me. But also on the TikToks, I've been like on pet TikTok. So I found this guy's page. I forgot his name now. But he like makes like Jack Black-esque like acoustic guitar songs for his cat. (laughs) Which sounds like really silly. But like when I tell you like, I literally will just be in my apartment like crying, laughing because like the songs are so silly. And then the third thing, I have a very intentional relationship with breath, my breath. And so sometimes when I just need like a moment to come back into like myself and to like really appreciate things that are around me, I'll just pause and close my eyes and just take either like one long deep breath or do like a little meditation or just whatever. Grateful for the things that are around me. Hmm. Ooh, I mean, yeah. Are, are we taking notes? Because <laughs> I don't know yeah. about the cat TikTok, but I'm, I, it's really <laughs> funny. I also have a couple of things. I think that one of the big ones is being around children, specifically my nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. I think that the energy of kids and babies and just that like, why are you laughing? Charles? No, I, fin- I was going to laugh sorry. too. I'm not going to lie to you. What? 
Hey, that's so nice. Everyone here is so nice. Oh my god, so sweet. But like divorced of context. If you were just like, you know, what makes me happy? Children. Like it just it would be wow. Weird. You know what? I can't even have a nice, sincere no, moment. Over here. No, no, no. You I absolutely can't. That no. That's why I was. It's I was trying to hold it in journey. because it was me. It was but me. You know that, that's my trauma. <laughs> I know. Okay, children. In the more general sense, especially those you're related to. I love those. Keep going. Her nieces and nephew are they're really cute. I get it. I get it, y'all. I just am saying that when you are literally watching a child just run around and they're the happiest with like my niece is so happy with like a piece of paper. That honestly, you can't be cynical. You can't be an asshole. You're just like, wow. Life is amazing because this little baby is just like having a time with a piece of paper. I mean, I, yeah, okay. I would, no, you know what? Let me know. No, back it's fair. Because I went to the park with my sweetheart on Monday. We literally sat in the park and 30 minutes of that park time was spent watching this little black girl play with her little, you know, those balloon wands. And you can like blow like the big old balloons. And she was like running after Aww. them and catching them. It was the cutest thing. 30 minutes yeah. straight. And like, you're like, wow, you're in- like. We're in such a good mood now. I hear you, Kathleen. <laughs> yes. I also, I know we skated right on past it, but um, Steph has a sweetheart. Anae's got a boo. Kathleen has a husband. Y'all are just well, well out here <laughs> with partners too. I love it. That helps. Listen, you know? shout, shout well. out to my, my man. Hold on. Let me, let me say it. I'm just kidding. I was about to, like, talking oh. to my man on the phone as well. But you know what? That is a practice that's like very fun, right? But it's also like you have to be very present like on the phone and talking. I'm not one of those people who can be on the phone for two hours and the person's like cooking dinner and you're watching TV and you can't say anything. Talk to me. Oh, that, talk no, to that, me. that's me. I'll do that. Okay. Oh my gosh. That is like the opposite <laughs> of a wellness practice for me. But I think one thing that I really do enjoy and have been enjoying that is related to this man is doing skincare, doing our skincare routines over the phone, um, like on FaceTime. So I like my skincare situation is very serious. I go to the dermatologist, so when I'm doing it, I like to be by myself because I'm going to talk to myself and act like I'm filming a vlog on YouTube. Hey, guys, welcome back to my channel. <laughs> this is so cute. <laughs> and so he's using the stuff that I suggested and the skin is changing. My skin's changing. So looking at this person and knowing that I contributed to their wellness is also part of my wellness. And it's just well, that's really my that's really my boo. But that's enough about me and that man. Thanks, guys. <sighs> Y'all, just, this is so wholesome. And just like, again, it makes me me feel so well hearing about what makes you feel well. Like, it, like, uh. <laughs> thank you for sharing all of that, for being so vulnerable and opening up and talking about this. Because I know it's not easy. Like we said, wellness is work, but it's worth it. We are all in different places, different spaces. The things that work for us work and the things that don't. That's okay too, boo. We're going to set them aside. Oh, but wait, we have reached the best part of our discussion because we are here talking about the don't at me. And if you are new or true or just have no idea what we're talking about, let me refresh your memory. The don't at me is the point of our discussion where we tie a big bow on things, give you some food for thought and really just give you some resonant energy to move about your day with because that's what we're doing. And in case the name wasn't clear, you can't at us, okay? We don't care at all in any way, shape, or form, okay? You can't at us. No, no, nunca. 
Nothing. No. Heart emoji. This week, we have a very special don't at me from Vibes Queen herself, Miss Steph Long. So take it away, dear. Give us that don't at me. The conversation around wellness has become increasingly prevalent during the COVID-19 pandemic. In fact, last year, in a McKinsey survey of 7,500 people, 79% of respondents said they believe wellness is important, while 42% said they consider it a top priority. They found that consumers in every market they researched reported a substantial increase in the prioritization of wellness over the past two to three years. This has significantly changed the way folks approach wellness in general. At-home fitness is on the rise, more yoga and meditation classes are being offered virtually, and mindfulness is a part of everyday health conversations. As beautiful as this all sounds, wellness still has a diversity problem, as I said earlier. The definition of fit doesn't include most Black women's bodies. And the needs of the LGBTQIA community is left behind in most wellness conversations. Meanwhile, most BIPOC communities remain underserved by the wellness industry. 17% of Black people and 23% of Native Americans live with a mental illness, but they are less likely to have access to mental health services and more likely to receive poor quality of care if they do. So... As black and brown folks, what does it mean to be well in a world where access to safe and inclusive healing resources while growing is still limited? Does being well mean taking more walks? Does it mean drinking more tea, holding space for joy, fostering community, opening our own wellness studios? Or is it creating or rather reclaiming our own modes of wellness through the decolonization of thought and practice? While the answer will be different for everyone, I think it can and should include all of these things because the common thread in all of these things is the collective reclamation of our power. Reclaiming our power means pushing against the racist, capitalist, patriarchal structures that have pulled us away from ourselves, that have pulled us away from the rituals and the traditions and the healing modalities of our ancestors and insist that the answer to our healing lies within how they can sell back to us what they've stolen. Like, How are they going to sell us what we already have? How are they going to sell us what we were already born with? As my good sister Neye said, part of the wellness practice has to be in the detachment and unlearning of what the wellness industry has defined wellness to be. It has to be detaching oneself from what the folks on our timelines are doing and ending the comparison game, right? In her book, The How, Arista Daily Ward says, before we are to hope for any one answer, we must know that there is no answer beyond ourselves. Before we are to hope for the truth, we must know that there are no truths but the ones we arrive at on our own. Our ancestors left us with that. So please don't forget it and don't at me. 
Welcome back to season five of the Go Off Sis podcast brought to you by Target, our partner this summer as we celebrate black joy. This season, we've been reminding you what it means to be that girl. And you know we're not about to stop now. So whether you're in class, the boardroom, or working remotely beachside, I see you, friend. Target has everything you'll need for a summer full of black joy. To learn more about how Target is investing in our community, head over to Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure. Today, y'all, we have a special guest, international holistic health expert, wellness coach, New York Times bestselling author with six books under her belt. She has over 40 years of experience helping women and men around the world achieve their wellness goals, okay, and still is as fresh and sprite as a daisy, all right? We need the (laughs) secrets, okay? She is the sacred woman, (laughs) the architect of healing, and getting us focused, body, mind, spirit all in one, sound the trumpets for a true queen. Please welcome Queen Afua <laughs> to the Go Off Sis podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you for having me. You got me dancing and celebrating. Oh, we love it. That's the vibe. That is exactly That's the vibe. The vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to jump right in here because, you know, I think one of the things that we know is that your name is on so many other people's lips that when we talk about sort of motivations, when we talk about people who people look to when we are having interviews, your name comes constantly comes up. You've worked with so many people who we look up to, you know, whether it's Jada or Erica or Lauren London, like who is my personal favorite, all of those people (laughs) who are in your camp and in your tribe, a part of your tribe. But you started the business. It starts with you. It starts with you. And so not only do we want to give you your flowers as you deserve, but I want you to just give us a little bit about your origin story, your uh, origination, and when it comes to building and growing and starting this community and conversation with others, how did that start for you? It started for me at the age of 16, 17 Mm. years of age. 1969, when I was extremely sick, I had asthma, allergies, PMS, arthritis, headaches. I had the gamut of various diseases that attacked different parts of my body system. But I was also living an all-American toxic fast food lifestyle, which contributed to all of that. In the midst of that, I was an artist. I had a dance company young, and I was in a bigger company that was developing me as a an actress and a singer and all that. So that was the beginning. But I was still sick and I needed to find my way out of that sickness. And I was invited on a three-day healing retreat. I knew nothing about this type of retreat, never experienced anything like this in my life. But I know I had my medication. I had my pump for my lungs, all of this, but I didn't call my medication. For the first time, I was separate from my meds. And I got off that bus, the grass, the trees, that should be calming to anyone. And that kicked in the asthma and the hatred and all of that. And I got up that bus and I was like scared for my life. I said, okay, what am I going to do? I can't hardly breathe. I don't know these people. I'm embarrassed. I'm sick. Okay. I said, what am I going to do? And that was the first time I woke up. I heard, I heard the inner voice talking to me and say, my formula, eat grapefruits, lemons, and oranges. I looked over to the left. That was the cafeteria. There was a bowl of fruit and rose hips tea. And I ate that grapefruit, squeezed that lemon in some tea, and that whole day I was fasting, even though I was fasting. And the next day I woke up, I was in front of a fireplace that whole night because I couldn't lay down because my lungs were to collapse. I sat up 
And all night long, this cleansing was happening. I woke up the next day, mucus was coming out of every part of my body, my mouth, my nose, my eyes. I came out of that bathroom and the asthma just stopped. The itching, the scratching, the eczema, the hay fever, all that stopped all at the same time. And I said, wait a minute, there must be a connection to how I'm living and how I'm eating to what's my condition. Mm. And I saw the connection and I looked all around me. There were people doing what I'm doing now. They were talking about food is medicine. There was an, a herbal walk by Dr. Johnny Moe, who literally became my spiritual grandfather. There were um, medis- meditation and um, yoga prayer, all this holistic plant-based lifestyle. Well, that became my lifestyle. And I picked up a book, The Chance for My Life, Did Greg Cooking with Mother Nature. And I began to take my walk, and I've been walking with it ever since. And so that led me to open up. Well, first, just become certified in holistic practices. As a colon therapist, as a polarity practitioner, work with energy, as a, uh, a colon therapist, and uh, and I just took all of what I did to heal myself, and then I studied, and then I started to share with my community, and I opened up a healing center, and I opened up another healing center, um, and I had, and then I opened the doors to my community and said, "Come in, if I can get well, anybody can get well," and so that's my journey. And I'm still sticking by it. Cool. You've gotten so many people well. And Chelsea named some of the notable people we know. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, from the outside looking in, people look at other people's lives and think, oh, they must all have it together, especially if, if they're notable or if they have like a quote unquote celebrity status. But where do you start with clients like that? Where do you where what's your way in if somebody comes to you and is like, I am not well and I, I need help? Well, I had an immediate call this morning. It's like fresh. She called me up. She's angry at her parents. They were violent. She was abused as a child. There was incest. There was, um, and then she had a number of issues and there's herpes and there's anger and there's, she's been bleeding for months at a time. That's so, that's an example of those who come to see me. Many times they come when at the end of the rope, they don't know what else to do. And they now are ready to make a shift. So the first thing is you have to be prepared. When you call out for wellness and healing, you're going to have to make some changes. You have to let go of some toxic relationships. You have to let go of some toxic foods. I did a check-in. I said, what are you willing to let go of to get your, to get your life back? To have mm. a enriched, empowered life. What can you let go of? And what are you willing to embrace? Because as you're letting go, you're also embracing a whole new way. And on top of she says, I'm lonely. I have no friends. I said, well, guess what? You are joining us on our 21-day detox. There are 50 people there waiting for you. And they're all on a quest for their wellness. And now you're going to have some wellness friends. She just couldn't believe it. So I, I said her see a vision of the possibilities. I did an energy reading, which I do ready on it. So I pick up her energy field because we're made up of air, fire, water, earth, and ether. So any of those is systems that are blocked, there are foods, juices, herbs, movements, uh, teas to help to unblock the energy. So if it's in the lungs and the heart, there's food, juices, herbs, and hope. And a whole thing of that wellness. And if it's in the womb, which is, is heavy in the womb, then there are womb fruit juleps and there are blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, cranberries. That you're coming off the flesh that's causing the fibroids to grow. Doubled up her fibroids. So, and my thing is food is medicine. So I, I took her to the journey as food is medicine. I, I said, your home is your wellness center. And now we're going in the classes and teach, I'm going to teach you how the kitchen is your, is your, um, laboratory. 
And mm-hmm. everything in that mm-hmm. kitchen should be there to support you. Your bathroom is your hydrotherapy room. That's where you take your healing baths and you get to bounce out your emotional body and connect to why you keep creating these toxic relationships. You do some self-exploration. And the and the bedroom is your regeneration chamber where you invert and you wake up in the next day with vision and clarity. The living room is where you work out at and you do your prayers and you set up your healing altar. So your whole room now is not just a house, but it's a healing home. And who is going to heal you? You are. I'm going to support you. My community is going to support you. But I'm going to show you exactly what to do to balance yourself out. So when one comes to see me, they're empowered, they're inspired, they're charged up, they're fired up. And that's probably because I'm charged up, fired up. You know what? I ran over here. I said, I said okay, I want to put orange on today. I feel bright. I feel lovely. I feel excellent. And I went out and got up. And I ran back up. And I ran up the stairs. I had my workout. That's why I'm so fired up. So you just start, I tell them how to incorporate their life. Whatever they're working with, they have enough to have breakthroughs. And then you put a clock on it. You don't just be, make it random. You put a clock on it. You say, okay, now the next 21 days, these are my goals. I said, write out all your goals. What do you want to attract emotionally? What do you want to heal up? What relationships you want to heal up? What does your finance look like? What do you want to attract in your life? What do you want to heal on a mental level, on a physical level, on a spiritual level, on a heart level? And you write it all out after taking a healing bath and you did inversion and you had your green juice today. You'll get, you'll get more lined. And she has her homework tonight. When she wakes up in the morning and she gets a beautiful rest from having her bath and she's going to do her power walk today and she's going to go shopping for Whole Foods now and she's going to clean up that kitchen that's filled with garbage and toxicity. She's about to walk into a new day. I said, when you wake up in the morning, guess what? You have completed day one and now you're on day two. And every day that you heal and you commit, you're going to begin to recapture yourself. Mm. You're going to meet someone I told her that you've never met before. And you will say, like Stevie Wonder says, isn't she lovely? Isn't she wonderful? Isn't she beautiful? <laughs> and she said, oh, my gosh, I can see that. Yes, you can. And I can see it for you. And I'm saying that you can do this. And the power to heal you is inside of you. And I'm going to show you which way to go. And you're going to go and you're going to. And, and what will happen? One day you'll go. You'll have enough strength and vitality to go back to your mother and father and help them. Because mm. they're in pain and they're suffering. And that's why they gave it to you. So now you're going to get empowered, but we have to get you strong first before you can help others. The blessings that you just dropped, and I want to make sure everyone is just taking notes because, whoo, ah, like even my shoulders just dropped hearing that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I like something left me and I can embrace something more just even speaking with you. So thank you. For that, Mm -hmm. you talked a lot about sort of getting rid of the toxicity, getting rid of, you know, Mm -hmm. the dead foods, getting rid of the things that don't Mm -hmm. serve you. For you, what does healthy look like? Because we know that being well and it's something that we've talked about looks different for every person. So for you, what does being healthy and being well look like? Having joy. I'm talking about unspeakable joy. If you can hold on for joy for five minutes, then you can make it 10 minutes. And then you can make it an hour. And then you can make it an afternoon. And then you can make it a whole day. And if you come out of joy, it's just because your frequency is dropping down. How do you pick up your frequency? You go to the garden. You go to nature. When I finish this call, guess what I'm going to do? I got to go to the bank. 
I'm going to go get some green juice and some wheatgrass. I'm not stopping. See, it's a way of life. Healing to me is a way of life. It's not, we always trying to get there and then now say, okay, now that I've healed up, I'm feeling better. I'm going to go back to my habit, the things that I like to do. But it's just addiction. If you love things that don't serve you, you're addicted to it. So when you, so for me, it's detox your life, detox your thoughts. If you are doing things that hurt you, then you are addicted to a certain, certain state of mind. Detox your heart. Relationships are still inside. You want to, you're mad at them. All your relationships are your lessons. Get your lesson. You get your blessing. Don't attach yourself like this person did this. I remind you to have a, a shopping list. Pull out the list. That person in 2001 did this. And that person in 2002 did this. So you have a list <laughs> of all that. And that's in your breast. That's in your ovaries. That's in your back. That's in your knees. You got a clean house. So clean up the house from inside and say, as I clean up from inside and rejuvenate from inside, I'm not angry at anybody. They came to show a part of me, either my past, my present, or if I don't ship, it'll be my future. So then you're not mad at your ex-boyfriend. You're not ex- mad at your mother and your father. You're saying, what lesson? This is going to break, break this to code. Ask the question after you had a healing bath, after you've had a meditation, after you had your yoga class because you're more in tune there, after you're going to, a, to the garden, sat in a park, go to the ocean, you make your choice. After this juice that you're drinking, okay. So now what happens? You ask the question, what lesson? The person you're angry at, all right, you want to get back at, you're depressed about, what lesson did you come to bring me? And now just take a moment to breathe and listen to what the lesson is. That person wasn't loving to you. Well, were you always loving to you? That person took, a, they, they, they took you for granted. Did you take yourself for granted and did not give you what you needed to sustain your vitality? That person is just showing you a part of you that you need to attend to. Mm. <laughs> That's all it is. So don't be mad at your teacher. Get the lesson. And you'll get the blessing. And I, see, when you pick, what keeps me vibrant is I'm not angry at anybody. Because I apply that. I just say, okay, thank you for that lesson. I'm not going to repeat that one again. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, then you, and then your heart stays as light as a feather. And it comes out of an African spiritual concept, which is my aunt. And Ma'at is all about balancing the heart. That is our, that's, that's our foundation. A whole nation was based on that. It was back in the beginning of time. And it's here what we need right now. Diseases, a lot of broken hearts, broken pieces. And my sister, John Vine said, broken heart, broken pieces. It's about a scale. On one side of your scale is your heart. On the other side of the scale is a feather. Your heart has oh, become oh, as light on. as a feather. Now you say, how can my heart become lies a feather? And this person did that to me. And, and that one did that to me. And that one insulted me. All you have to do is go back to the question. Kwame, Barbara, mother, father, sister, brother. What lesson did you come to show me about me? Mm. Now you're going to hear it if you allow yourself to be open to the truth. And you're going to write it down. You're going to scribe it. That's the hootie. And then you're going to reflect and say, wow. Oh, so it was. And, and matter of fact, you're going to see patterns. You're going to say, I think I did this before. You know how we leave a mate and then a year later we get the same mate with a different outfit, a different town, a different conversation, <laughs> but the same thing. Yep. All right. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're so loud with myself. it, though. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> for for everybody listening, Chelsea just put her head in her hand. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm living, I'm living through it right now with you. Yeah. Y'all oh. making me work. I think I'm gonna take my glasses off right about now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So these are some of the principles. You know, it's I, I just feel like I'm helping people get out of bondage. Mm. I'm helping them get liberated. That's why they come to see me because I'm I feel I'm so liberated. Mm. I can laugh hard. I can dance strong. I can forgive deep. I can smile with my soul. But I went through the hard knocks. Now either I was gonna stay on the floor and be dragged for the rest of my life. Or I'm going to get up and I'm going to learn that lesson and I'm going to fast and I'm going to cleanse and I'm going to take that next green juice. I'm going to take that next healing bath. It's like every day of your healing, you're, you're shedding layers of toxicity and hurt and re- you are to- you are detoxing your mother's pain, your father's pain, because you're born in pain. You're born with their issues. You're born with how they were eating. You're born with when they had sex and they was mad at each other and they had and they conceived you. You got all that inside of you. You got to heal that up. And when you heal that up and you get a chance to see who you really are, whoa, you say, most high, a job well done. You'll begin to appreciate you and your creation. Yes, my creation story. I was just one of the sickest ones I know. And I'm glad I was because that's why I'm so convicted. That's why I said, listen, I got through, you can get through. I got healed up, you can get healed up. But you know one of my greatest friends? You know who my greatest friend is? Air, fire, sun, water, and earth. Plants that come out. Those are my, oh, I see a, oh, a, stuff, a stalk of celery for the nerves. Come on over here. Cucumbers <laughs> for the kidneys. Whoa. <laughs> Bees for my blood and blueberries, raspberries, and cranberries. Give me some of that. Pineapples for my lungs, my immune system. I want some lime. Give me a double lime and hot water. My mm. world is open. Run me a healing bath. I'll have no problems. So it's mm. like that. That's my best friend. So whenever I would hit the floor because I didn't quite hear the lesson, you know what I would run to? I would run to my healing. I would run to my cleansing. I would run to my yoga. I do womb yoga dance. And I would do the life's work of the most high in nature. And it would rescue me every time. But what happens is I can go deeper and deeper and deeper into my soul, into my transformation. And that connection I have helps me to connect to others. Ooh, <laughs> preaching, uh, preaching yes. out here. Um, You know, I think that there are going to be uh, some people listening to this who want to take in everything you're saying, but we've got these barriers, see? (laughs) And I think that that is very specific even to Black women that, you know, we put up these emotional walls out of self-preservation, but also we're perfectionists. And I think that... Well, you know what? I'm just going to speak for myself. So I'm just trying try to speak for everybody else. But um, I oftentimes think I got to do things alone and that I think I block my own blessings and my mm. own spiritual practice because I'm mm. trying to do it all by myself and I'm trying to be perfect and all of that stuff. So how do you break through those barriers? Well, because you know what I'm looking at? You are not doing this alone, although you think you are. 
How many of you are here right now interviewing me? <laughs> There's three okay. of us here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Most of my interviews is one-on-one. Hmm. If there's three and then you have two or three who are the supporting. So it's a, a group of six of you at least. Oh, so no, as much cry. as we think we're alone, <laughs> as much as we think that we're alone, we cannot heal alone in a box. Mm. Now, there's work you have to do in your own home, in your own moment, in your prayers, in your meditation, in your journaling, and your reflecting, and your connecting. But in order to really move you forward, you have to be inspired. African culture is about a circle. Mm. It's a mm. circle. That's your power is in the circle, not outside the circle. Isolation? You'll have, when it hit, the stuff hits the fan, who do you go to if you're always isolated? Don't train yourself to be, that's a Eurocentric mindset. Mm. Mine and, and only mine. It's not mine, it's ours. I tell the black woman, I said, sacred women is ours. Claim your position, your spot. Let's all get in here and get this healing together. So once it's a set, I'm by myself. I, my, my grandmother doesn't embrace me. My mother does, she's mentally ill. She doesn't embrace me. I said, okay, sacred women. There was a hundred of us on the call yesterday in our, in our gateway of Ma'at, which is healing relationships, our heart. I said, second one, our sister here is crying. Her soul is crying. She needs a grandmother. Is there a grandmother in the circle who can stand in the gap for her? Someone said, I can stand in the gap for my sister. Mm-hmm. Another said, I can stand in the gap for you. Call me. This is my number. Queen Esther said, I'll stand in the gap. I'm, I'm a grandmother three times over. I'll stand in the gap and I'll hold you. Okay. I, she started crying. I said, now listen, she also needs a mother to come in the gap. Her mother's not well right now. Can somebody mother her as a mother? Sister said, I'll, I'll mother my sister. Sister, you got me. I got you. She, we wrapped our soul. We were, it was, you know, we were on Zoom, but we wrapped our arms around her in the spirit. And she felt that. She said, I'm in the sisterhood. Thank you. I'm not alone. You can't heal by yourself. You can't heal. And I, that's why people are so depressed right now. When we got separated six feet away from each other. Uh, quarantine, I forgot the word even exists. You know what I call quarantine? I call it you on a retreat. Shift the language. Quarantine is you're isolated, you're by yourself, nobody is connected to you. That's a, that's a, that's a sure way to have mental illness. That's a sure way to have depression. If you have no one to connect to, babies who are healthy are babies who are hugged. Babies mm. who are healthy are babies who are loved. If you're not hugged, up and you're not loved up and you're in your isolated state, you're in the, you're having a problem. But you know what? You can find the mother inside you also and hug yourself and say, I will starve of who I am. I will hug me and I'll be my own mother for a minute. Mm. And then from there, then you attract another sister and another brother. And then your, your world begins to expand. I mean, I gathered the book called Planet Heal because of that. And there's 76 healers. These are most of them are my friends over the years. I said, listen, you've been doing this work for 20 years over here, 30 years over here, 40 years. Come and share your gems, how you see it. It was two years before the pandemic hit. It was right on time, Planet Heal. What are we going through right now? We need to heal the planet, all right? And that was a call out and those healers. That was just an example of the unity. There's power in unity. My my self-supernova says that unity is for the strong. Separation is for the weak. Mm-hmm. 
more that you separate, you know how separation sometimes, I don't trust that person. They're not going to follow through like I'm going to follow through. I'm uh, perfect <laughs> and I can follow through better than they can follow through. And that's when you know you're all by yourself. And when you need help and support, <laughs> well, with anybody here, is anybody here to help me? Because you have it all together yourself. You can't even have a glass of water, just you. Water comes from somebody else. Because the truck has to come in. Your food got to come to somebody else. It's it's not just, it's never just us. The clothes I have on, I didn't, I didn't take this from material, <laughs> you know, in a, in a, you know, in the garden and start making an outfit. You know, everything that we have, it comes because there's a relationship. So the healthier you are in your own inner relationship, the more sound and charged up you're in your own inner relationship the strong you're going to be on the outer relationship because all the outer relationships are you anyway. If people don't know how to do things well, maybe you don't give them an opportunity. Maybe you don't trust them because you didn't trust your mother. She didn't do it well for you. Because hmm. it's just a turnover of all the relationships come from our, the beginning. Our parents, they were broken. Grandmothers down the line. What if one is a child of slavery? Come on. The, mm. the fact that we are here and we are glowing and we are beautiful mm-hmm. after that, Wow, I think we are absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't care what level you are. You're absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm trying not to get out of my seat right now. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm literally like, literally, well, I want to do, like, do a <laughs> joyful <laughs> dance for you because, Yay. oh, it, it is. And I think, like Kathleen said, I can only speak for me. <laughs> but <laughs> these are words that I, I promise you, you, did you like, craft this for me specifically (laughs) because when I tell you I needed to hear all of this and I know Mm -hmm. our audience does as well of like that it starts within but not you are not an island like that net net Mm -hmm. like that's what we mean like it starts with you but it cannot possibly end or go further without others that's it Mm -hmm. and I think that's something right now that everyone as we're going through our day-to-day or trying to map out our lives and trying to map out our wellness, what that journey looks like is is mm-hmm. a, such an important reminder, right? That it starts within us, but it really has to be about all of us. And I think yeah. when we talk about wellness and when we talk about what that means for us today, that is just something we need to hold and remind each other of and be soft with each other and be share that grace that we have for ourselves with other people and make sure we're doing mm. that with the most intention and the most passion and the most love because that mm. that's what it is that that's it yeah. so, you just softened yeah. me all the way <laughs> when you said that I said, this is like taking a cup of chamomile tea when you're talking. <laughs> Seriously, though, like, thank you so much for joining us, for sharing of yourself, thank sharing you. of your thank wisdom, you. sharing it's of your pleasure. heart. This was, no, this was our pleasure. Like, truly, truly, thank you. Thank you so much for being here and being you. We need you. And we're going to continue to protect you, to love on you so that we can get that same love back. Because that is what, as you said, we all deserve. And that is our birthright. Mm-hmm. So thank it's you so much for joining us, Queen. We have, whew, this was the moment. The Go Off This Podcast is a Refinery29 original. It is produced by Rashad Isaac, Crystal Devone, Jordan Mason, and me, Chelsea Sanders. It's edited by Hanger Studios. My co-hosts today were Kathleen Newman-Bermang, Stephanie Long, and Inaye Komanivo. 
Like what you heard and want some more? Head over to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts to catch up on all episodes. And don't forget to drop a review or leave a comment to let us know what you think. You can also find us where it all started, on Instagram, at R29Unbothered. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, it's okay to go off, sis. Money world.